Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above today. And we're taking a look ahead at the week. I can't believe we're sitting here at the last week of October. Can you? Time seems to fly when you're having fun. Today, we are embracing fear, the shadow side of things, and darkness. And as you all, in, at least here in the Northern Hemisphere, you have to be noticing how dark it's in the morning. I mean, literally, it's hard to see to get out of bed. <laughs> it's hard to see until like maybe now, right now, right about eight o'clock. Hopefully, pretty soon we change the clocks and we'll have another hour maybe of light uh, in the morning side of things instead of in the evening side of things. I think I'd rather it be light earlier in the day than uh, leaving that that light to be later in the day. I don't know. I don't know about you guys. Uh, today, we have a lot to talk about as we're looking not only at the depth of Scorpio energy, which is the main theme that we, we are experiencing right now. What is Scorpio? What does it mean in terms of our human design? And what does the moon in cancer do to help or does it hinder what's going on with the big shifting uh, into the sign of Scorpio? And we have a pretty interesting week if we think about it. Actually, we have several weeks worth of interesting coming up. And when I say interesting this time, it's not interesting like terrible, but this is our grand opportunity every time we get to this time of year for us to really embrace those things that hide in the dark, right? The, the things that we don't want to look at, the feelings that we don't want to have come up, or the experiences, the grievances, the shadows, all of the fears that can come up this time of year. And we've been dealing with this for a while, so this isn't new. It's just that it's changing its focus a little bit and making uh, perhaps a shift into some more depth as we go on here. So uh, you're going to want to have your uh, human design chart and you're going to want to have your astrology chart with you if you have it. And as well, you're going to want to have something to write because you've got some dates that you want to watch out for. So let me say good morning real quickly to everybody showing up here already. Ursula, good morning to you. It's good to see you. And Tom, I can't believe two days in a row. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to have you with us. Debbie Tibbetts-Tumiel, good morning. Lex Wolfberg, good to see you. Kathleen Mallory, good to see you. And Barr, good morning. Susie Gemini, good morning and bright blessings. I'm feeling very um, grateful this morning to have electricity, to not be terribly flooded. And uh, the wind is still blowing out here, but I don't think it's at the level it had been. So maybe we're getting a little bit past that deep low that's just been plaguing us for the last couple of days and presumably up until tomorrow as well. Uh, I was really worried about clients that I would have today, whether or not I was going to have power, but I have power. Woohoo! Uh, good morning, cool rocks. Still rocking from your card last week. That's awesome. Oh, cool. So yeah, we did have uh, some really good readings on Friday and it always feels so good for me to me for me to be able to share those with everybody. It, um, it it always is a reminder to me that we are all connected. So even if the card wasn't for you in, in particular, you could have felt a resonance with that card as we are all in a collective, we're all joined together in uh, this life. Good morning, Tammy Smith. Good to see you. And one of the things that um, I was just checking out before I uh, started the broadcast this morning is the energy of the moon as it is right now in the void, right? We entered the void at 712 this morning, my time. So West Coast time, we are in the void until 201 PM. So the moon is still in Gemini, but it isn't making any new contacts. So we have time to consider what have we learned over the weekend or what uh, new new possibilities or where did our curiosity take us over the weekend while the moon has been in Gemini? What messages were coming up? What messages were we sharing, etc.? And as you all know, I'm always very keyed into signs and symbols. So what starts happening here at my house right around Friday uh, is I noticed there were big holes in my yard out in the Onto, well, if you walk out my front door to the right is a big field, and that field happens to be where the septic tank 
not where the tank is, but where the drain field is. And apparently the drain field got clogged. How scorpionic, right? The the place where the the gray water or the you know the the bathroom water goes, and it got plugged, right? So it got plugged. And then on Saturday morning, my son calls me really early and tells me his stepdaughter fell into a septic tank on Friday or Saturday morning, I guess it was. So it was a shitty quote kind of day for a couple of us here. And I couldn't help but think about the connection to Scorpio energy, not because Scorpio is a shitty sign, not because of that at all, but because it takes us into the depths and it takes us into the darkness, the places we don't want to go. I just keep imagining my little Emma swimming around in, you know, the worst kind of yuck that you can imagine, right? Trying to get out. Luckily, she wasn't in there very long and then there were people there that got her out almost immediately, but still, right? Yikes. <laughs> and always looking at what is going on around you. So we, we often will talk about this, especially like when Mar or Mercury or any of the planets for that matter, go retrograde because the change in their direction will sometimes give us an idea symbolically by what's happening in our world or what's happening in our personal lives, what it is that we need to embrace or what it is that we need to work through. So I, I couldn't begin to tell you what a nine-year-old must have to learn by falling in a septic tank, maybe to watch where your feet are, to watch where you're going, to stay aware, right? Maybe there's that. But on another level, there's uh, the lessons that others around her in this case might've needed to look at, like, look at the underside of things, what's going on under the ground. And in our case here at our house with the drain field, what's clogging up the pipes, right? What's clogging up um, the uh, the person that was working on the drain field actually put uh, realized there wasn't anything, uh, what are those things called, Fl flush caps. There were not, they and they were plugged. So as soon as they were able to release those, everything cleared. So is it a time for us all then to clear, right? Clearing the pipes. What are the pipes? Well, the pipes might be your bloodstream, right? Are you detoxifying? The pipes might be the things that you're holding that you don't want to say. Maybe there are fears. Maybe there are things that we're just holding on to that are no longer serving us. It could be relationship issues, could be financial, could be health issues. Lots of different things coming up in this Scorpio time for us to be able to take a look at. So I want to uh, I want to, and water is emotions. Absolutely right, Tom. There's water involved here because Scorpio is a water sign. It is deep water, right? And interesting because California, if you look at the radar ever for the weather, you see this atmospheric river, they call it. So it's air, but it's also water, atmospheric water. And we have this huge shift to the air signs that we've had since Jupiter conjuncted Saturn last uh, uh, winter solstice. And so we've shifted out of a long time of earth entry, uh, earth centered energies to a time where the air is going to be the primary energy that we're dealing with, which signals a huge shift on the society in society, in culture, in the collective. And then we have now this water, right? Water, water, uh, atmospheric river headed to um, the states, the Pacific Northwest, we are always used to the water, Northern California needs it, Southern California as well. So hopefully water is finding its way filtering down uh, through the states that really, really need it. Now, what else can we look for here? So remember that it, when we when we talk about any sign, we're not talking just about the sign. So uh, we're talking about the planets that rule the sign. And when we're talking Scorpio energy, we have Mars, the planet that we think of as the warrior energy, the very masculine energy in water, which is feminine. So we have the masculine uh, planet, the masculine god of war in a water sign. Scorpio is a feminine water sign. It is the sign of the womb. It is in the dark. It is in the shadow. It is in the... Uh, the inside of things, the part that we don't see clearly. And then we also have Pluto as a co-ruler, the more modern ruler of Scorpio is Pluto. 
that is a planet that no matter how we try to demote him in terms of whether he's a planet or a dwarf planet, he holds power. He holds so much power that he can upset. He can, he holds in his very hands, uh, life and death, right? So we have a sign that's being co-ruled by, if you think of warrior energy, it is also the willingness to go to your death for a cause or for a purpose, for a reason. So we have a lot of death energy as well, which I also clarify as rebirthing or transforming energy as death is never the final end, right? It's always the transformational path of some energy here. So what happens then when we have two planets co-ruling a sign is it makes the signs energy very powerful for you. So looking at your own chart to see where Scorpio is, the house that it's in is going to tell you the part of your life that is up for transformation. Now, for example, the chart that I'm looking at for the day, which you can see how busy of the day it was going to be. I've got writing everywhere on it in the back as well. <laughs> Um, sometimes I feel like I sit down in the morning and write a mini uh, book for every for what we're going to talk about. Um, but the the house that Scorpio is on or in on this chart is in the second house. So the second house is a house of finances and money and the economy, uh, our values and principles, integrity that are uh, our, our morals even right the things that we live by right? The things that we live by. So the um, the part of the chart where we see Scorpio energy here, if this were a person, would be this person perhaps having to deal with or work through uh, issues around their finances, issues around maybe their, their integrity or how it is that they're doing. Are they living according to their principles? Are they living according to their uh, self-worth, right? Lots of different things that this energy could be about. There's an edgy quality to the energies right now for everyone. So whether you're a Scorpio or whether you're not, it doesn't matter. There's this edgy feeling to the energies. It was almost, you could almost feel like this nervous tension, at least, you know, I was feeling that. So I figured that lots of people are feeling it, that it is looking for an outlet like how is this going to get expressed like how how can i break the tension so there's an edgy quality to the energies now that's seeking expression in some way now that can come out in very negative ways right As, you know the scorpion that is the role model of the uh sign scorpio can and, and and does indeed sometimes sting itself to death right it is it can be very passive aggressive energy but it is a sign that can carry us to the heights of the eagle, where we can see from a higher perspective, where we can see that there's another way, right? That how the interconnectedness of all things works. So we have the potential to rise up out of that edgy feeling or that negative feeling that nah, not sure what is going on feeling so that we can see things from that higher perspective and in a, a more positive way. Uh, I'm going to take a quick look at uh, comments here. Hello, Amanda J. Lexa Scorpio in Pluto House 6. So, 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 so you have, I'm thinking that you have uh, your own Pluto in Scorpio. Is that right? Could be because of the age group that you're in. Um, but Pluto and Scorpio as a ruler there is taking you on a powerful, almost a shamanic journey then through the energy of work, service, and health, right? Health. So maybe becoming a healer uh, using shamanic techniques or being healed by the shamanic sort of techniques by going through deaths, de many deaths, perhaps, and many rebirths, not necessarily literal deaths, right? Uh, Tammy, Scorpio in my 12th house. I think we kind of saw that on Friday, uh, Tammy. And Scorpio in the 12th house is very adept at seeing the underside seeing the seedier side of things, if you will, being able to almost be prophetic in your intuition and your knowingness, not knowing how you know what you know, but knowing that you know. <laughs> and that makes it very hard sometimes for us in this world that expects us to have proof of why it is that we know what we know. Um, Christine Buckingham, seventh house, Scorpio moon, north node, Jupiter, Neptune, so it sounds to me like a lot of you listening this morning have planets, natal planets in Scorpio, 
that for the next several weeks is going to be triggered off by the sun, by Mercury moving into Scorpio, Mars moving into Scorpio, and of course the sun's presence in Scorpio. And anytime the moon moving through Scorpio, which won't happen for another few weeks, a uh, couple of weeks, um, you're going to have these triggers that come up for you to work with the energies that are in your chart. Uh, Tammy, purpose and spirituality has been on my mind lately. Absolutely. I can so see why. Um, let's see, going back a little bit, Susie Gemini, second house, black moon Lilith in Scorpio. That's interesting because that can put you in a position of being a, a, a competing for resources, uh, feeling like you have everything for you might be about life or death, right? The, that I've got to win. Um, the black moon Lilith's fear in uh, because the black moon lilith in a chart represents our shadow right the part of us that we don't see clearly it's like part of this in the blind spot i have to go back a little bit further where i don't see my hand here the blind spot what don't we see clearly and that's what is uh stopping us or that's where uh some very powerful fear lies for us and the fear is about losing right loss death um, and when we get to this time of year, isn't death a part of what it is that we're we're playing with? I mean, we're looking, we're staring down the barrel right now of Halloween, right? Halloween, the the holiday, the day of the dead, right? And the the implication being that the the veil has thinned between life and death and the spiritual world readily accessible, the unseen realm, the dark more uh, accessible to us. So it could be that this is a time for all of us to dig into the parts of ourselves that we don't see clearly. And the part that you don't see clearly, Susie, is maybe your self-worth or any worth issues that you have that see you perhaps competing for resources, competing to get yourself heard, seen, valued, recognized out in the world. Uh, good morning, J-Lo. I always say good things small in small packages. Good things come in small packages. A grenade gives a big bang. Don't sleep on him. Oh, definitely. Natasha, good morning. Uh, Barr says, Scorpio always takes me to emotional deep diving, discoveries and transformation, an inner baptism like. I love that. And that's also part of uh, the beautiful Scorpio energy right now is emotions and what emotions lie buried, right? Uh, and what can we allow to come up and to be cleared, right? Those grievances, those deep emotional wounds that we carry. So I want you all to look at your chart and see the house that it's in, because that's going to be the area of your life that you might have to contend with, right? Where the buried stuff, yucca stuff is. But it could also be where the buried jewels are. I do not want to leave you thinking that it's all negative, that it's all shadow work, that it's all in the, you know, shitty realm. Because if you dig in, you could come back with jewels. You can come back with gold. You could come back with gifts so mighty that it changes the direction of your life. After all, the highest expression of Scorpio energy is the phoenix right? When we dare to go in and do the deep dive, we can come back with jewels and with the, the gifts that transform us, that literally change us from one form to another, to the highest form available. Whew, okay. So now uh, let me go back to comments a little bit here. Let's see. Uh, JLo, sixth, 12th house personality. Oh, you've got a whole lot going on here uh, across your 12th house. I remember that. Scorpio and Taurus energy. Terry Cavalletto, good morning. Sixth house Scorpio with Neptune in there. Psychic and intuitive. And especially when it comes to health or healing or to your work, the people that you work with, you'd probably make an excellent HR uh, person because you would know how your employees are feeling or what's the next big thing that you're going to be facing as a, a business, perhaps. Uh, dealing with the human resources that you have. Uh, let's see. JLo says, I've learned to use genetic matrix in so many ways with all you've taught me. I love genetic matrix. Ursula, Neptune conjunct Venus in Scorpio in house two, sesquiquadrate mid heaven. So the sesquiquadrate, these are, by the way, what we're talking about often here are the relationships between planets. 
a sesquiquadrate is like a 135 degree angle or relationship between the planets. And it's a little bit scritchy. It's a little difficult, right? That might mean Neptune conjunct Venus, which has this beautiful artistry, this glamorous feel, this beauty and um, and taking color and and sort of the surreal and making it real or accessible to others, but having an issue trying to get it out to the world, right? And I know this for, uh, for you, Ursula, because you're such this wonderful artist and being able to tell your stories through your art and getting it out to the world has been sort of the more difficult part here. So using Venus and Scorpio energy would be who cares how you do it, just get it out there, right? It's it's satisfying your own need for the artistry and the beauty and sharing of the story that's important, not how others pick it up and enjoy it, right? That's up to them. Jennifer Davenport, Jupiter in Scorpio sixth house. Woohoo! Jupiter is actually going to be coming into a square with the sun during the sun's transit through Scorpio. And that's going to be uh, a positive about digging in, right? Digging in, but being able to see how it can become an expansive journey that you're on. Uh, and an expansive journey in the sixth house might be about healing, but it also might be about your work, the area of the life where you would share your gifts and your talents, right? Where is your genius? So your genius might be in healing. It might be in prophecy. It might be in counseling. It could be in any number of things that help people move through their own darkness. Um, <laughs> Barnate says, holy crap, you just gave me a Eureka. Bless you. I'm so happy. If you want to share that with us, I would love to hear that. Christine Buckingham says, hello, Asa. Hello, Asa. A lot of Scorpio here with Neptune, Ascendant, Black Moon, Mars. Woohoo. I love it. I love it. Sunny smiles, sunshine. I must book a reading. I haven't a clue about all you're talking about not on social media and miss your other teachings. Uh, there's this part of me, Sunny Smiles, and I wish I knew what your real name is because I feel like I must know you in some way. Um, you know, we're getting ready to move into 2022. And I'm already collecting a lot of the information that I'm going to be sharing with you. So I want you all to sort of get ready because I'm going to be putting that out pretty soon that the, the webinar for 2022 I don't even believe I'm saying that, is, is being prepared for you all. And we do it in webinar fashion, which means that you can come to that live and learn about a lot about astrology, but about what to be prepared for in 2022. And 2022 has a lot going on. Big surprise, right? Um, but as well, uh, we have uh, the USA Pluto return that happens over the course of 2022. And that is huge and is also affecting at least all of us here in the USA. And that is a way to also start to learn more about astrology. Get your own personal readings, follow the morning show, look back at some of the videos that I've done. If you go to my YouTube channel, Living Astrology, there is like 400 plus videos there that you can go back to and uh, find out information that you, know, you might want to know about. Uh, but booking a reading, of course, personalizes it, brings it into what is this about you? Jennifer Davenport, Irene, hello, third house in Scorpio. And I have Saturn there, kind of intense during my whole life. So the third house is an interesting place because it is about the mind and the, the intellect. And it's a possibility with Saturn there, you might be overly um, determined to use your mind in a very stepwise progression to the exclusion maybe of intuition. So I think having Scorpio there in your third house is a very big help to letting you know that sometimes it isn't all about what you think, that it isn't all about the mind or your intellect. It has a lot to do with the things that you can't see, the things that you can't say. I don't know uh, how I know what I know. I just know, right? I, I had an experience one time, and this was many years ago. I I was sitting in my living room and this was more toward the evening time. And I got this feeling. It was like almost terror, a terror feeling of somebody, uh, my friend who I thought was in trouble that, that I couldn't tell you how I knew what I knew, but I went to my husband and I said, Terry, you have got to take me over to Megan's house right now. There's something wrong. And he's like, well, 
why? How do you know what's going on? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how I know. I just know. When I got to her house, there she was lying on the floor. She had slit her wrists and had uh, what was laying there bleeding. And luckily she hadn't locked her front door and I was able to get in and get her help. That was one of those times in my life where I didn't know how I knew what I knew, but I just knew and I listened, right? And it likely helped save somebody's life. So, uh, or at least, you know, got her to help and uh, was able to get her the help she needed to go on in her life. So we don't know always what it is, but we have to tune in and we have to be willing to go with that. So sometimes that overrules the mind, right? I'm a Gemini, my husband's a Libra, air signs, always want to know the why and the what are you talking about? What are the facts? What are the figures? What are the details? What's the information? But this was coming from a place where I couldn't quantify that. So we are in a time period where we cannot quantify everything that we think we know or everything that's coming up for us or that we know. So don't don't believe that you have to always know how things are coming, why things are coming, where things are coming from. Just go with it. Get out of the head a little bit, right? Use the head as a way to uh, embrace a, a, a more aware consciousness but don't use it as a tool to hold you back to only facts and figures and things that you can see, feel, taste, or touch, right? Okay. <sighs> okay. Um, good, 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 good. All right. So, and I see some other questions there and I'll, I'll get to that. I want to make sure I give you some other information so that you are aware of some of these key things that are coming up. So uh, we talked about Last Friday, we talked about Mars and Pluto in a square, right? That was these, these co-rulers of Scorpio were squaring one another from Libra to Capricorn. So there's a deeper message in the rebuilding of a life or the rebuilding or recalibration uh, of our lives that was going on. Now that's since passed on, right? Mars has is is moved about two degrees on from that, still sitting there a bit with us. But what we're moving to next is a Saturn square sun or sun square Saturn. And, and that is Saturn in Aquarius squaring the sun that's in Scorpio. So these are fixed signs. So what's coming up then are places that where we've had a fixed issue where we've been stuck perhaps, or where, we feeling, where we've been feeling uptight or controlled or constricted and are wanting to break free from that. So the challenge is how do we break free, but how do we do it in a very um, planned way, right? How do we do it with a goal in mind and not just throwing the baby out with the bathwater? So that's coming up on Halloween, which is just seven to six days from now, we have um, Uranus in an opposition to the sun or the sun coming into an opposition to Uranus. Uh, remember, Uranus is in Taurus and we have the sun in Scorpio. This is impulsive and possibly reckless energy. And it's a bit chaotic and it's falling on Halloween, right? Halloween, a day where we're already doing things a little reckless. <laughs> things are already a little chaotic. So we want to be watchful in our own lives that we are not falling prey to impulsivity or that we aren't doing things in a way that can break us or can cause more chaos in our lives. The high side, the high side is the liberation factor that Uranus brings to anything. And the sun in Scorpio digging up the dirt. Remember going through, it's almost like when, how many of you out there compost, right? Where you have to sometimes turn the compost so you can expose the deeper part of the compost bin up to the air so that it can get some more bacteria in it to complete the digestion process, right? Or to turn uh, the dirt into, um, or to turn the compost into usable soil. So um, this is the potential of Uranus opposing the sun is the ability to dig in, bring up to the surface that which has not been exposed to air, to light, and allow us to have some freedom to liberate us in some way. Can you guys hear my weather thing that we're getting a special marine warning? Oh, just problems out there in the water. 
Uh, anyway, so then on November 8th, so this is all happening Halloween. Now we move into November. And on November 5th, we have Mercury that moves in. Oh, hold, please. So before Halloween, before Halloween on the 30th, we have the planet Mars moving into Scorpio. So now we've added the warrior god and the sun to the sign of Scorpio. So now we have a lot of power, a lot of energy in that sign that already represents a lot of power and energy, but energy and power in the dark, right? The, the underside of things. Now, then on uh, November 5th, Mercury moves into the sign of Scorpio. We're building, right? We're building in more to more possibilities of moving through uh, that darker place, right? That, that place that's unseen, the part that the underbelly side of things. Then on the 8th of November, Jupiter gets into a square with the sun or the sun moves into the square with Jupiter, also in Aquarius, right? So now not only are have we been digging up things, not only have we been trying to uh, clear out the pipes, if you will, or to bring back the, the jewels, bring back the gifts from the darker side of things, clearing out what we need to clear out. Now we have Jupiter's expansive qualities, right? So we're digging in, we're digging deeper, or we're, we're bringing back bigger gifts, bigger shifts with us, or are we getting in over our head? Are we drowning, right? So we have to keep an open mind. We cannot get stuck in old ways of being. We, we have to sort of be able to go with the flow here. This is a powerful time for all of this. Now, the tension begins to break after we get to about November 12th, right? Then the uh, November 12th, we have a powerful Neptune trine the sun, not the sun uh, now, you know, starting to trine Neptune in Pisces, adding uh, a quality of spirituality, of peace, of serenity to it, perhaps confusion though as well and disillusionment, um, but it gets a little more peaceful and that is something that we can look forward to. So even though we have the these trying couple of weeks ahead of us, uh, and that can be different for everybody, by the way, it all depends on where all this is happening in your in your chart. But the potential is that during this period of time, we've been moving through confrontational types of energies, high energy, our ambitions to do things, to let go of things, to move forward, power struggles perhaps with others or others' power struggles with us. Uh, manipulation, right? That's a Scorpio trait as well. This is intense energy. It's emotional energy and things are coming to a boil. They're coming to a head. We will absolutely need that beautiful uh, sun trying Neptune energy to sort of salve our souls, right? To seal in some of the higher, uh, better loving energies at the time. Now, Mercury, as he moves into Scorpio, will come into a conjunction with Mars. Again, this is around November 5th. So we have to watch our words. Remember, we've done a lot with the words because during the moon's transit through Gemini, we've been dealing with the throat energies. So a, a little bit of the Taurus uh, moon, we worked with it all the way through Gemini. And I think even just a little bit in Cancer, we deal with some, the moon in Cancer, we deal with the, the a little bit of the throat center energies. So we need to watch our words. Are we using them as knives and swords or are we using them to empower others, to empower ourselves? In other words, you don't want to say things that you're going to regret later, right? So watch that, right? That the as you're merging through these darker places, sometimes we lose our, our ability to censor our words. So watch for that. We can be more impulsive, saying things based on our thoughts. Uh, thinking out loud instead of keeping our voices down, right? But the high side is we can also become much more intuitive during this period of time. The uh, signs that are going to be affected the most are going to be our water signs, Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces, right? Or those parts of your chart. The fixed signs, those of you who are Aquarians, Taurians, Leos, or Scorpios, note the overlap of Scorpio, right? Water and uh, fixed signs. So, this is a time for us to really dig these things up. And one of the other things that I wanted to talk about is really quickly where Scorpio lies in our human design and uh, the gates that we're going to be going through. 
So Scorpio energy, first and foremost, the first three placements of it are in the spleen center. The spleen being the center for time, intuition, health, but also our shadows, our fears. So for the first three uh, human design weeks of uh, the this sun in Scorpio, we're going to be moving through fears, right? We're going to be moving through those shadows. We get a break in the third or fourth, it would be the fourth week, uh, fourth human design week, which is going to put us about that November 12th to 15th time period. When we begin to move into the gate one, the 43, and then the 14, we, which are very creative energies, but it's about knowingness. So we are moving from defensive energy to knowing energy. So knowing is a deeper way for us to know what we are next steps are or what, what we must do. Um, but we don't always know what it is, how it is we know what we know, right? And we're just going to have to be okay with that kind of thing. All right, questions, comments. Tom, that's been my journey. I can complicate a shoelace. I can trip on a shoelace. I did that this weekend. Uh, J-Lo, oh shoot, I have my son in a water sign or in a water house. Mm, that happens to be the creepy house, the 12. <laughs> it's not creepy. It's not creepy. Uh, Gayla, good morning. She's sending love. Uh, what else did I miss here? Um, J-Lo, I did some weird chart yesterday at Astro and the date 1030 came out in my chart. I saved it because, of course, I'm always in my head. <laughs> uh, okay, a shout out for Uncle Marvin, sun god at Tom Wright. Um, right, Uncle Marvin, like, yeah, your, your uncle? What are we talking about? I missed something here. Uh, got to give it up. Oh, I get it. Marvin Gaye. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. So uh, I'm looking back real quick to see if we have any questions, uh, because now I want to move uh, into the human design. What time are we at here? Okay. I have time. I love it. So I, I want to move us into more of the astro design because we are, I've, I've done a lot of focus on Scorpio energy. Scorpio, because it's deep, it's, it's more accessible, I think, to a lot of you, because you all are probably more aware of astrology than you are of human design. But now I'm going to back us up and I'm going to take us into the human design aspect, the gene keys aspect of this particular week. As today, the sun and earth have moved into a new set of keys, gene keys or a new set of gates. Um, the gate the sun is in is the gate 28, which is on the spleen center, right? It is a very difficult gate. Um, its shadow is purposelessness. It is a gate that is searching for meaning in life, but it is also a gate that takes us into death energy. So the death energy being if there's no meaning in life, then is there any meaning in death? Is death just the end? So there's a lot of shadow that we have as human beings. Our greatest fear, perhaps, being that of death. We can be consumed by it, consumed by the fear of death. We either deny it and we ignore it or we, you know, it's sort of relegated to, to the backs of our minds or we can become consumed by it right herein is where some of that intensity of scorpionic energy can come in where we can become um, so fearful or so consumed by this idea of death or of darkness that we see it everywhere so when we when we look at this particular gate and the shadow in this gate so right now i'm addressing the shadow of the gate 28 did I say the number of the gate? Gate 28. Um, this is where all of our demonic archetypes arise as the personification of our unconscious fear of death. So we may all have, we, I, I think on some level, we have a conscious fear of death, right? We, we can say, you know, that when we are doing something that pushes the limits, um, that it's a little overly adventurous, like a fear of heights, perhaps, or a fear of falling or something like that. The underlying fear isn't that of the fall itself or the heights. It's that if I fall, I might die. So it's underlying all of those fears is death, right? So the fear, what we see then as we start to move through this time is that almost every fear that we have, even if it's a fear of failure, is literally connected to a fear of death. 
this shadow then, and the shadow of the gate 28, can set us up for a falsely constructed reality of good versus evil, where we begin to categorize everything, right? Where we're, uh, we have sharpened our instincts to the point where we easily look at something and we judge it as either good or not good, good or evil, good or uh, of, of the light or of the dark. And then we erroneously judge sometimes even the dark as not good. Like we don't want that. So we're not going to look at that. We're going to just keep looking over here at the light because to look at the dark is scary, right? To look at the dark um, has us questioning our purpose. Like if the, if death is the final threshold we cross from life, then what the hell is it all about? Why am I here? Right. The fact that death leads us to question our purpose tells us that we actually have to address it. <laughs> we have to address it. So when we get to this time of year where we get to the sun moving through Scorpio energy, where we get to the sun moving through the gate 28, we're looking at our core purpose for being here. Right. We're looking for that. Um, one of the core purposes that we have, and this, by the way, is in the Gene Keys book. If you haven't had uh, the pleasure of getting that book, here's the Gene Keys. Mine is an older version. It does not look like this anymore. It's darker blue, has a pattern of, uh, of dots on the front. Uh, it's very thick. It's very deep. It's contemplative. This is not a book you read cover to cover. But if you want to explore deeper, you can go to this book right? And look up the Gene Key 28, the shadow of purpose, uh, the gift of uh, totality, and uh, the highest expression in uh, this particular Gene Key is immortality, right? Immortality. So we've got purposelessness that takes us to totality that then gives us immortality, right? So we're going on a journey here through this week, through this gate. The second core purpose we have, well, the first core purpose we have is to maintain our health for as long as possible so that we can live our life. So your body then is a part of this whole thing as it becomes a temple. It becomes a place that is housing your spirit that can take you through this lifetime for you to be able to live your life, your purpose. And then your second core purpose is about evolution, evolving right? You came in with an express purpose of evolving your consciousness, um, what, whatever that might be, right? For whom, for every one of us, it could be very different. And evolution, we need a definition for evolution, right? What does that mean? I mean, we have this, you know, sort of idea of uh, Darwin's idea of evolution, which was, you know, a, a life form mutating and moving through stages of, of successful, of of successfully moving up the hierarchy, if you will. Um, but evolution is really about defined as our creative uniqueness, bringing out our creative uniqueness, each of us being born with a unique purpose. So our lesson through finding purpose or moving through purposelessness, let's say, is that we have to release our creative genius to the world. We have to meet our darker side first. What is stopping you from bringing out that creative genius? What is it? Is it a fear? It has to be a fear. If you're not expressing your creative genius in the, in the world, it can only be because there's a fear, because there's a darkness, because there's a shadow. Right. So uh, let me know. Are you guys getting this? Do you guys feel this? Are you is this you don't want to look at this? Um, let me know how that's gate 28, Christine, to answer your question. So I, I just want you to understand that sometimes going through the dark is a really positive thing. Right. Um, on one hand, if we're not willing to, sometimes we can repress all of that fear. Then we become hollow right? We become hollow because we don't want to fill ourselves up with anything because, um, you know, we might feel like we're just pretending, right? We pretend that we are happy. We pretend that we have a place to go. We pretend we have a purpose. On the other hand, this gate can be in the shadow, the person who gambles with their life, who is an adrenaline junkie, who's the daredevil, right? I always think in this gate, the, 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 the craziness of psych, uh, an evil Knievel, right? Or um, someone who is flouting or flaunting their life in some way. 
Um, and we all know people like that, that are, you know, adrenaline junkies, right? That keep us uh, engaged in life. But what we're really after here <laughs> with the gate 28 is about the gift of totality, right? Being all in to embrace the wholeness of who you are, your nature, the wholeness of life, which means the pleasure and the pain. Um, living without allowing your mind to dictate your life, because it's when the mind gets involved and starts to tell us what feels good is what we need, is what we want, and what doesn't feel good is what I don't need, what I don't want. Um, getting into our heads, who was it? Susie Gemini, was it? No, she had the second house. Somebody had the third house Scorpio thing. Um, it's a big part of that Scorpio in the third house, right? Living without allowing your mind to dictate your life, right? Letting your intuition guide you. Living life in the moment. And your life purpose can be found in the present moment, by the way. It isn't in tomorrow and it isn't somewhere in the past. It's right here in this moment. It isn't in the distant future. You can't say to yourself, I'll live my life purpose sometime in the future. Because what about now? right? This is where you're breathing. This is where you're living. Um, and by the way, as you embrace all parts of your psyche, right? The good, the bad, the ugly, you reach what Jung called the state of individuation, where you start to live you, not someone else. You live you. You do you, right? You live your life according to your, um, the shaman, the sh because we've talked about shamanism here and how scorpionic energy often reminds me of the shaman, the shamanic journey. A shaman might call this a soul retrieval time for us to go deep, go in, get and bring back the jewels from your soul. What have you dispersed? Uh, one of my favorite shows is, of course, Harry Potter. <laughs> Don't, don't ask me why. There's just something magical. I love the idea of magic, right? But if you remember, if you've watched Harry Potter, remember the the, the bad guy, uh, Voldemort, uh, Voldemort, he breaks off pieces of his soul and hides them in these things called horcruxes. And the horcruxes represent parts of his soul that he's hidden away from himself. That's kind of what we do. As humans, right? We we take these parts of ourselves that we don't want to look at. We encase them in some kind of protective wall. We wall them off. We put them away. This is our opportunity to dive in and to go back and to bring back so that we can become whole, right? So we can enjoy the totality of who we are. Um, and totality sometimes is the, the need to be able to take risks, not the crazy risks of the 28th shadow right? Not those crazy adrenaline junkie risks, but the risk of building something that you cannot see until it's complete, right? Building a business, building a life, building a relationship, building your purpose, right? Um, whatever that might be. It's the path to your true destiny, right? So you have to be able to take the risk to do it. Um, I often call this um, taking uh, qualified risks, calculated risks right? That, that we know that we have to step off the edge. We, we know we have to take maybe the little, the step th that the fool takes to jump off the cliff, right? We have to take that step. To not take that step keeps us in purposelessness, but to take that step says to the universe, I'm ready and willing to embrace this journey, right? It requires trust and surrender and all of that to the mystery of life, to the mystery of you, to the mystery of what am I here for? And then we become alive in every sense of the word, every sense, right? It's vital, it's vitality, it's life, it's, it's energy in every moment when we're living our lives in this way. Fear does not and cannot survive in the moment. It lives in the future or it lives in the past. And that is not where we are, right? We are in the moment. So if we look at life as a bit of a game or a play, um, this play, right, that you've got your part in, right? So all the world's a stage, all of life is a stage, and we're merely players on the stage, then it's up to you to play the part that you were given, right, that you chose when you came here. So 
here in this life, we get to progressively face our demons or face our fears, face our shadows. And in any play, there's comedy, there's tragedy, there's drama, there's melodrama, there's the, the beautiful uh, expression, the all of who we can be, right? Um, maybe we can embrace an idea of where is this experience leading me? right where uh, i noticed right after my after my son had died one of the biggest questions i kept asking myself was why am i experiencing this why did i write this into my play why is this written into my story i still don't necessarily have that answer i don't know but at least i'm i'm working i've asked the question what does this mean what does this mean for me where is this experience leading me Right. I thought perhaps it, it's leading me to people uh, to do this kind of work with. Right. To help them get from the shadow into the light to get, you know, to be able to be at peace with the shadow. Um, I want to read a quote. And I believe this came from the Gene Keys, most likely. Every situation in your life is devised as a form of initiation that allows you either to remain as you are or to evolve. I mean, literally, that encapsulates this whole entire teaching today. That encapsulates this whole entire time uh, these next few weeks are bringing us to, right? All we have to do is simply align ourselves with the path, with the with the, um, the plot line, right? Aligning yourself. You see the plot line, right? Align yourself. And then it unwinds in front of you, right? It opens up like the petals of a lotus flower so that you can go into a blooming state here. It allows you then to handle adversity that comes up on your path with ease. It increases your self-acceptance, your self-love as you are moving through each fear or shadow as it comes up. It allows a more truer sense of purpose to come to you, right? That you're serving something greater than just yourself, that you have a purpose, you have a reason for being here. Yay, right? True purpose is found in giving yourself up 100% to every moment. This, I think, is also a quote from the Gene Key, rather than having to do with anything remotely aligned with achievement. <laughs> Fulfillment comes from being alive in this moment, the thrill of this moment, when totality is who you are being, when it's your commitment to being in the totalness of the now, you discovery or your discovery is that there's a mystery to the world, that there's something mysterious about you. You become more detached uh, to the role that you're playing and more it becomes more about the quality of the role that you're playing, right? The, the ability to take on everything and to go with that. All right. Uh, Jennifer, thank you. Have a wonderful and still fulfilling week. Awesome. Thank you for being here. Carol, good morning. Jean Key 51 initiation. Um, okay. Hell, hey, y'all. Leilani says, uh, JLo, I have three daughters. It's all with it also in the pearl. Ooh, 28. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the millennial. I think it's the millennials. And maybe even the early um, post-millennials. Cannot remember what that generation is. They, 28 is prominently figured in their charts. So a lot of them are dealing with this energy, uh, these shadows, right? This risk-taking. They're the reason why so many people at this point are not working necessarily. They're not the reason why people aren't working, but they're asking those deeper questions like, why am I doing this? Is this really all there is to life? Is going to work eight to five, Monday through Friday, and you know, having the weekend to catch up and do other things that I can't do during the week, and then starting it overall again on Monday morning and going and going and going. So many people asking the question about purpose, and about what what's more important, what is my true purpose in being here? So it is that age group that is really pushing us all into asking that question. Now, briefly, let's see, 852. So uh, briefly, let's talk about the Sidhi, the highest expression in this gate 28 where the sun is this week. It is the search for immortality. It's an ancient one, right? We have so many stories in our past and our mythologies about the fountain of youth, 
right? Where we come upon some kind of elixir, the Holy Grail, that when we drink of the cup, out of the cup, that we are bestowed upon, we're, uh, uh, immortality is bestowed upon us or youthful uh, vitality is, is, is uh, bestowed upon us. So we have, um, we have a lot of mythology in this idea of immortality. And we also have new genetic research that uh, has us being talking about how do we extend life? Can we in, in extend life indefinitely uh, through manipulation of our genes? I'm not saying that's okay and that we should do that, but I'm, it's up in the it's up in our field. The through discovery of the genetic material telomeres, telomeres being shorter in people who are aging and longer in younger people. So if we can extend the length of our telomeres or extend the timing uh, of our telomeres shortening, we can extend life. It's amazing, right? We're getting closer and closer to this concept of immortality. Life imitating the soul, right? The soul, the dream of all the great religions is all about the soul surviving death and finding heaven, right? Um, and hell and the uh, eternal damnation is also built in, but that's the fear-based part of all of this. If we live in the shadow frequencies, we are creating the hell. But if we're living in the light frequencies, if we're working through our fears, if we're embracing them as a part of the whole, then we are able then to live uh, with that immortality. It's possible. Um, I don't know that immortality is possible with life on the planet. Um, especially because this planet is really a planet of working through all of the fear energies, right? So um, immortality is really about stretching time into that timelessness, right? The forever future. Um, the fear field here on the planet kind of ensures that we're always going to have to be dealing with fear, Right. So this planet itself, I think, is a place we come to where we can really face that concept of fear. True immortality is when we cease time. Right. When we live so presently in the moment and so presently in consciousness that death ceases to exist. It's just a transformational energy. Your um, totality is to live to the utmost of who you are, who you can be. Um, immortality is about dying to the present moment, right? It's about, um, I mean, dying to the everlasting moment, living in the present, so in the present, right? Um, the city of immortality requires our surrender to these deepest fears that we hold, to be reborn into pure consciousness, to be, a, be reborn into pure awareness, uh, to be born into the real truth. So what a doozy of a week, right? Uh, real quickly, before we get ready to leave, I just want to mention that the moon is going to be moving into the sign of cancer. A cancer, uh, I mean, cancer takes us into home and family and traditions. It's our gut instincts, right? It's our, uh, that, that intuition that comes from deep within us. It is a sign that moves us to become safe and secure. It is a sign that moves us to recognize belongingness. Where do we belong? Who do we belong with? Who is our family? We're seeking protection, even financial security as a part of the cancer experience. Intimacy and caring, mothering energy comes through the moon here. Empathy, being vulnerable, feeding and nurturing, all of that good stuff coming through cancer. Self-protection can be the more negative expression here where we're clingy or we're needy or we're possessive or we fear rejection. So we're, we have a mighty fear of rejection, humans do. <laughs> so in cancer, it's up for us to take a look at. And the one thing I know about cancer as it comes into human design and this is a, an interesting study, maybe one we'll take up another day, is that cancer is pretty much all in the collective circuitry. So all but one gate of cancer energy is in the collective. The gate 39 is the only individual knowing gate that is in cancer. The rest of them, the 15, the 52, the 53, the 62, the 56, are all in the collective circuitry and most of those are in the logic circuit. So we have cancer, a sign of emotional awareness, the sign of 
uh, moving toward empathy and compassion and being in the mood of the moment, but it's in the logic circuit. The logic circuit in human design is about recognizing patterns that repeat themselves. So I'll leave us with this idea of what patterns of logic might be undermining you. What patterns of knowingness might be undermining you? Do you have a pattern of ignoring what you know to be true for logic that says, well, the books say I need to do it this way, right? So I'll leave you with that. We have several days worth of or the next three days worth of cancer energy. And of course, Scorpio energy we're already dived into. Uh, I will see you all on Friday where we'll take up the weekend and we'll take a, a deeper look at the month of November. All right, everybody, take care. Thank you for joining me this morning. Much love to all of you. Bye for now.